0: Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you've stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. Amen. How to survive a major storm. If you have your Bibles, kindly let's go to the book of Ruth, chapter 1. It's quite a long read, so we'll read it and get it out of the way. So, Ruth, chapter 1, from verse 1. It says In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So, a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Maklon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with their two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' home. For I'm too old to marry again. And even if it were possible and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course. Of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye but Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their way, on their journey. Verse 19. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The women asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara. For the Almighty has made my life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer? And the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Amen. This is, this is, a, very, this is a very, very familiar passage for most of us who grew up in church, the story of Ruth and Naomi. And out of this story, I feel there are three critical lessons we can learn for anybody. And at some point, we'll all go through a major storm. If you happen to be here and you're going through a major storm, I think these three steps, these three principles will help you. So the first one is that your pain is real. It's very important. You know, if you grew up in some of the churches some of us grew up in, you are taught to deny your reality. When you are sick, you say, I am well. (laughs) When you are dying, you say, I'm alive. Uh, When you are broken, you say, I am whole. And I understand the principle of it. The principle is that we want to confess what the word teaches. We want to align our thoughts with what the word teaches. But you see, a confession of faith must not be a denial of reality. Amen. And, and because of this, we have a lot of people in church who are struggling, but because their whole attitude and body language is designed to appear as though they are walking in faith, even they themselves cannot admit to themselves the pain they are going through. But I want you to know that your pain is real. The only truth superior to the reality of your pain is that even though your pain is real, you are more than your pain. Amen. You know, society is designed in such a way that we get defined by our poorest decision or by our smartest decision. So if somebody takes one bad decision and out of anger or out of greed or whatever, or sometimes even by accident, they kill someone. Society labels you a murderer, and that becomes your tag. That becomes your name. So everything you were before that day, everything you are after that day is immaterial. You are the murderer. You know, one of our favorite characters in the Bible is Thomas. And there was a day, one day when he doubted Jesus. I mean, the day he believed Jesus, the day he followed Jesus, the sacrifices he made in following Jesus, after Jesus Jesus died, the ministry, he traveling the world and planting churches, all of that doesn't matter. All we know Thomas by is that he doubted. He's doubting Thomas. The name Naomi means pleasantness. Pleasantness. And yet, life had taken her through Such cantankerous, (laughs) you know, terrible, terrible experiences that at some point she herself says, no, my name is Mara. Don't call me pleasantness anymore. My name is Mara. What do we call ourselves? Sometimes we call ourselves, oh, too late, you know. I should have done this 40 years ago. It's too late, too late. Sometimes we call ourselves too old. Sometimes we call ourselves forgotten, unwanted, unloved, bastard, broke, broken, unclean. You know, the leopards would have to be screaming wherever they, they went, unclean, unclean. But each and every one of them was more than just unclean. They were somebody. Before leprosy afflicted them, they were somebody. Amen. The most important question is, who does God call us? Or what does God call us? He calls us beloved. He calls us redeemed. He calls us joint heads with Christ. He calls us chosen, blessed, fruitful vine, mighty man of valor, virtuous woman. He calls us wanted, appreciated, loved. Beloved, let us love for love is of God. You are the beloved of the Lord. You are the chosen. Amen. True to God's faithfulness, Naomi's end was very pleasant. Hallelujah. Her name means pleasantness and her end was pleasant. Amen. The in-betweens got very, very murky. Her pain was very, very real. You know? But to allow her pain to define her to the point where she says, now I'm no longer Naomi. Now my name is Mara. is just wrong. Amen. So if you are here, the first thing I want to say is that, yes, your pain is real. Your struggles are real. But you are more than the struggle. You are more than the pain. Hallelujah. I have a quote here. I wrote this You are neither your achievements nor your failures. You are God's precious child. You are the apple of his eye. He knows how many strands of hair are on your head. He knows you intricately. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He loves and cares because you are his child. You are legitimate. You belong. You are wanted. He loves you. And as a church, we love you. Amen. Don't let your pain define you. The second point, if you're going through a major storm, please don't do it alone. In Genesis, God created Adam. He looked at him after a while and said, you know, it's not good for the man to be alone. Amen. This is not about marriage. It's about life. Especially if you're going through a major storm. When we read the account, you notice that this woman, who, when she was leaving Bethlehem, it was, a time, it, was, it was a season of famine. There was no food. And so she thought her world was crashing. She thought things were bad, you know. There was no food. She has three months to feed. How are we going to survive? This is an agrarian society. Everything, you know, it's not like today where there are many other ways of surviving. They survived on farming and the rains weren't coming, how are we going to survive? She thought it was really bad. But then later she discovered it can get much, much worse. You know, sometimes in church, the the way we express love and fellowship is that if somebody comes and says, I have a headache, we quickly pray that the headache goes away. Somebody comes and says, I lost my job, we quickly pray that they get a new job. You know, and, and I thank God that he works miracles. And in this church, we can testify to many, many incidents where there was a situation and we prayed and there was divine alleviation. There was divine solution in that storm. But there are times when, unfortunately, no matter how hard the church prays, you would have to go through the season. It is never pleasant. It is always tough. But if you have to go through a season, if you have to go through a season of despair, a season of pain, a season of loss, please don't do it alone. You know, Naomi was living with her two daughters in law, and then all of a sudden, she started pushing them away. No, 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 don't go with me. Go back to your people. Did you want? I mean, this woman needed these young women, and yet she was pushing them away. And if any of you in here has ever had to deal with trauma and depression and loss, you know that one of the first things depressed people do is that they push loved ones away. Why was she pushing them away? Because Naomi was in this situation where she had believed a lie. Naomi had believed that everybody she loves dies. She loved her husband and then he died, and then she loved her two sons. And then they died. And now these two young women. No, so let them go before I lose them too. You know, sometimes people break up with you because they are afraid you break up with them first. They quit before you quit on them. People who have been hurt before are so afraid of being hurt again that they will initiate the hurting so you don't get to hurt them. This was the condition Naomi was in. She was pushing those who loved her away because she was going through an extremely stressful time in her life. Now, we're looking at Naomi and her pushing people away. But right next to Naomi is this young woman called Ruth. And Ruth has to deal with Naomi's brokenness. Ruth herself too has lost her husband. She had left her people to marry a stranger. And now she also has, so she's nursing her own wound. And now she has to carry Naomi's burden. And this morning, I want to tell you that if God has chosen to entrust you with one of his broken children to love, if you find yourself in a situation where you are the one who has to carry that blessing of loving somebody who is broken, I want you to know that God would entrust you with a child that has some condition, you know, a person going through some trauma or another. God would entrust you with them because. He has great confidence in your capacity to love. Amen. It is very, very easy to walk away in difficult times. It is very, extremely easy. If, if you work with children with learning difficulties or with disabilities, children with stroke because of sickle cell and all that. The single most common story is that when the father discovered that the child had a disability, he ran away. I'm talking about Ghana. A lot of fathers abandon their wives and their children when they encounter a challenge. This morning, may God make us like Ruth. Amen. Friends who stay throughout all the seasons of life. Friends who stay even when we are being pushed away. Lovers who commit even when we are not appreciated. Even when we feel unwanted, because we know that we are not the reason why they are hurting. We know they are hurting us, not because they don't love us, but because they themselves are hurting. Amen. This is difficult. But if you find yourself in a situation where God has entrusted you with a broken person, it means that he thinks very highly of your capacity to love. Because this is how God loves us. The Bible says, scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Peradventure, for a good man, some may. But God showed his love towards us in this way that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. In our brokenness with our filth, he loved us. So please, if you're going through a major storm, you can't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Sometimes when we are battling with depression, you want to be in your own space. I had a habit. I didn't even know that it was a habit. I was just used to shutting the blinds in my room and the room would be pitch black and I'll be in there and I was extremely comfortable in my cloak of darkness. It felt comfortable. And when we married, Gloria will walk in and the first thing she does is she opens the blinds, and then the light will come in. And I hated it. I hated it. I loved my darkness. I loved the company, the the solitude. But God wants better for us. Amen. We deserve better. We are his children and he loves us. Praise God. So the first point, if you're going through a major storm, is what? You have to know that your pain is real. Amen. Your pain is real. He who feels it knows it. In fact, let me go back to that and give you an example. Somebody was given a half a cup, of, a cup of water, you know, half full. And he was asked, how heavy is this water? And he looked at it and said, um, you know, just a few grams. So he was given the cup of water to hold with an outstretched hand. And he was holding it. In the beginning, it felt like a few grams. But he kept holding it. And holding it, and holding it. And at some point his hand started shaking. And then they asked him, How much does the water weigh? <laughs> and you know, and when you're going through pain, and you tell somebody, Oh, you know, I just lost my you know, sometimes it's for Ghanaians, this may be the most trivial of all. I, I just lost my cat. <laughs> like, oh, a cat. Did your neighbors catch it and eat? <laughs> no, 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 it died, you know. And then the cat has a name and it's and your heart broken. And they're like, it's just a cut. You have no idea how depressing it can be for somebody who is struggling to get over their cut. So when you are going through your pain, it is real. Amen. Uh, to, it might sound trivial to other people, but please, it is real. Don't deny it. The second point, don't do it alone. Amen. Don't try doing it alone. It's not worth it. They say one tree can't stand the wind. But a forest. You know, a forest will handle any wind any day. Amen. And the third point is critical. The third point is be patient. Amen. If you're going through a major storm, especially if you're like me, and your tendency is to pray and call for that which be not as though they were, and command the heavenlies, and, you know, shabay, And then you want to see a miracle now. It's amazing when the miracles happen now. You feel powerful. But please, sometimes it is a season. And you have to be patient. Amen. See, if anyone had walked up to Naomi and told her that even though she lost both of her sons and her husband, God will still give her descendants. That will number in the billions. She would have laughed her head off. But today, here we are, saved by Christ, adopted into his family, which by implication means that all of us in this room, if we've truly given our lives to Jesus, are children of Naomi. Amen. Because Naomi, Naomi's daughter-in-law, Ruth, married a man called Boaz, who gave birth to a son called Obed who give birth to a man a son called Jesse who give birth to a son called David what is the name of jesus jesus son of jesus son of amen hallelujah and we are his brothers we are his children so this woman was standing at this place in life when every possibility to the human eye every possibility of her you know, ha- having descendants was, was gone. Her husband was gone. I mean, in fact, at that age, even if her husband was alive, the possibility of her having children to replace the one she lost uh, was almost impossible to the human eye. But not only was her husband gone, her two sons were dead and as is very obvious in the scripture, the wives of the two sons had no children. So, in fact, when you get to verse, uh, chapter 4 of Ruth, the Bible says that, And when Boaz married Ruth, and he slept with her, the Lord enabled her, and she conceived. Amen. Her pregnancy was a miracle. It says the Lord enabled her, and she conceived. You know? So, when this woman, who at some point said, I want to sign an affidavit of change of name, my name is no longer Naomi. My name is now Bitterness. Mara. On the day this baby was born, and the Bible says she put the baby to her breast, and her neighbors came and said, Hey, Naomi has a son again. Amen. She said, Naomi has a son again. She thought at that moment that all her prayer was answered, that there was a full stop to the story. But God said, No. When I'm restoring that which has been lost, I don't just restore in your lifetime. I restore into generations to come. Amen. I restore into generations way beyond your lifetime. You know? So in her lifetime, she saw Obed. She didn't see Obed's children. She didn't see Jesse. She didn't see David. But wherever she is, today we are here. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. Amen. He's faithful. This morning, if you're here and you don't know this God, unfortunately, too many people think that Christianity means you come to Jesus and all your problems disappear. If that is the gospel you were preached to, that, that was preached to you, and you believed, I want you to know you believed a lie. The Bible says in this world, you will have many troubles. But it also says that even though many are the afflictions of the righteous, he will deliver you from them all. Amen. It is not the absence of trouble that is promised. It is his deliverance in the midst of the storms that is promised. Amen. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, maybe you're looking to other places for solutions. Maybe you are relying on political connections or uh, your old school network or whatever. Or maybe you are going to some shrine. I don't know what you are doing as a way to help you get out of your storm. But if you don't know Jesus, I want to offer you this Jesus. He's the most faithful companion you can ever have. And he will see you through your storms. Sometimes he will speak and say, peace be still and the storm will quickly cease. But one thing is for sure, even when he doesn't speak to your storm to be still now, he will faithfully walk you through it. I want us to bow down heads in prayer. Maybe you are here and you don't have a quality, you know, you know that you don't have a quality relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you are here, you have a quality relationship with Jesus, but you are but you're going through a major storm. And so far, you've been going through alone. I want you to step forward and we'll pray with you because you are family. We love you and we appreciate you. If you step forward, we'll pray with you. Our God always hears and he answers prayer. But even if you're uncomfortable stepping forward, I want you to just say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, this morning I thank you for reminding me that you are faithful. I want to trust you with every circumstance of my life. And may I fix my eyes on you alone. Lord Jesus, help me. Help me see you at work. Help me through the storm. Let me come out at the other end with testimonies of your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here and you haven't given your life to Jesus, we would want to talk to you after the service. If you have questions, please see us after the service. See me, see, yeah, see me. Let's have a conversation, amen. Because there is no storm you'll go through that he can't be with you. God bless you, amen. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.